0: Welcome to Highway Christian Community Sermon Downloads. For more sermons, please visit our website. We know you will be blessed as you listen. Take care and God bless. Father, we just give you thanks, Lord. What a glorious time it is to the gathering of the saints in community, Lord. And I just thank you that we are not by the spirit of fear. We have wisdom, Lord, and I thank you that that we have a special corporate blessing that comes with meeting together. Lord, I just pray that we will fill the void and the vacuum that is left by the world's systems with the gospel, and uh, it will reap a harvest a hundred thousand fold. In the name of Jesus, amen. So, this is This is uh, more like a kind of life group type of arrangement, but Steve was telling me that on average a typical church size is is 30 in the world. (laughs) So we've exceeded that number, so we're mega church right now. um, (laughs) But I know that it's a a bit of a shorter service. I do want to share, Donna came upstairs when I was earlier this morning, and she shared Psalm 91, and I'm not going to go through it, but I would encourage you to take... Open up your Bible at home and go through Psalm 91. Um, thanks for God. And you know, like num- 91 verse 4, His massive arms are wrapped around you, protecting you. You can run under His covering of majesty and hide. His arms of faithfulness are a shield, keeping you from harm. You will never worry about an attack of demonic forces at night, nor have a fear of spirit of darkness coming against You don't fear a thing by day or night. So, I'm not going to spend time on that because today we're going to speak about the Lord's Prayer and it's quite special for me when I first became a Christian literally 20 years ago or so, I was at university and probably one of the first areas of revelation that God spoke to me about was this area of the Lord's Prayer because I came in as a born again Christian, I didn't really know anything and I actually, like the disciples, said to God, teach me how to pray. <laughs> and... Um, You know, most of us are familiar with Matthew 6. This then is how you should pray. And begin with our Father who art in heaven, our Father who is in heaven, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread, forgive us our debts or trespasses as we have forgiven our debtors and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. I've got the Passion Translation as well. And, you know, one of the first things that I understood about this is that this is not a prayer that you do by rote. So, it is almost like a framework or an outline of how we approach God, in a sense. So, it's not like... I remember being at school, and they would say, Okay, we're going to do the Lord's Prayer. "Our oh, Father, who art in... And it's good. And there's nothing wrong with that, and thank you, Lord, that we had that. Amen. So, it's not about that. But what it does do is it shows you... And I was reading this morning, early this morning, I was just talking about ceremonial... Um, when Aaron was set by Moses to set up the worship in the tent... There was a process that kind of they followed in ritual preparation. And it wasn't there as a ritual, but it was there to get people's minds and attitudes right. And the same with the Lord's Prayer. It sets our eyes first on God, and then later on, on now give us our daily bread, right near the end. Because often we come to God and say, Lord, I need a new Lamborghini. You know, it's not necessarily in line with God's will. Maybe it is, you know, but not necessarily. And so the whole issue of the Lord's Prayer is aligned to how we should approach the throne room of God, knowing that we, and let's start there, because I know that time will move quickly in the shortened service. So this is then how we should pray, and it talks about our Father in heaven. So what is the very first thing that comes to mind for me when I think of our Father? Yes, I had my own Father who loved me and had failings, and I have failings sometimes as well with my children. I know, I know, it's hard to believe. Hard to believe. <laughs> they, but they, they are sweet innocence personified. So it's a mutual thing, you know. Anyway. <laughs> um, but I think of the father from the story of the prodigal son, is what comes to my mind. Of this father who is waiting and watching and has given an inheritance that might have been squandered, but is waiting with an open arm, who comes and sacrifices the the cow, who puts the ring of authority on the son's finger, who opens up the house once again and invites the son back in. This is a father that loves beyond what we understand. So he's not a distant... he, He is a personal, close, and intimate father. That's something that in old Jewish law... God was distant in the Old Testament. But with the tearing of the curtain in the temple, we can enter into that Holy of Holies, into an intimacy. I think of Adam and Eve walking in the garden in the afternoon of the cool light, night or evening with God, communing. That's the Father that we're talking about. So what we're going to do today is we're going to declare, as a corporate, about who our Father is, in these circumstances. So that the world and also you need to share who the Father is with the world. They need to know. So declare if you can declare after me, Father, you are my creator. Father, you are my redeemer. I put my confidence I put my confidence in your unconditional unwavering, perfect, agape love. Amen. What a declaration, hey? Perfect love. Our Father who art in heaven. So where is God residing? Okay. So sometimes we have this very disconnected feel about heaven and earth. And we live for what we can see on this earth, and we are distracted, and are, yes, I love my rugby, and yes, Netflix can be a blessing and a curse, um, but it, often these things are a distraction that take our eyes off who we actually are and why we exist, in terms of ambassadors of Christ, in a sense. So we have a hope and a future, look, yes, heaven is our ultimate destination, but the Bible talks about heaven coming to earth. And when Jesus came down, it was heaven invading earth. Now that same authority is with us. And so God doesn't sit isolated in heaven like a giant chess player playing moves. He is with us and in us. And we, our bodies are this temple. So our mere fact that we are born again believers means that heaven is invading earth through us right now. So... We overcome by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony. We do not love our lives so much as to shrink from death. Jesus, our eternal hope. So heaven is our final destination. But at the same time, we're in the process of seeing this kingdom expand here. So we're going to declare this issue around our destination and the fact that we are citizens from earth. Let's go for it. Lord, open our eyes to the realities of what is not seen, that we rule and reign from a place of victory, that we are citizens of a different world. Lord, we desire to see your gospel plunder hell and populate heaven. Heaven is my hope, and heaven is my home. Amen. Amen. So, I mean, we, like Esther, were called for such a time as this. This is not the time to shrink back. In Esther's time, it was even worse. They had a death penalty over their heads. You will die by this date. It's coming. And then Esther, Mordecai says to Esther, this is your time. You were made for a time such as this. This is our time. We can shrink back and hide and fear, or we can stand up and be bold and courageous. Heaven on earth, our Father who art in heaven, praise and hallowed be your name. Let's talk about this name. This name is an incredible thing. I mean, if you were in Roman times, you know, you've seen some movies, I rest you in the name of... Bob or whoever, I don't know, but it's normally an authority figure of some sort. And so people don't operate under their own authority in these sort of transactions that you see. In the army military rule, the emperor was the supreme commander over the armies, and so the armies were going forth under authority, under the name of Augustus Caesar or whoever it was at that time. So their understanding of what it meant to be Acting under authority is quite different to us in many cases. We don't sometimes think in terms of this authority. And once again, when we think of the prodigal son, the putting of that ring onto the son's finger was a transfer of authority that came with it. And this issue of whose name do we represent as born-again believers... When you pray, our oh, Father, you art in heaven, praise be your name. This is the name above all names. This is, this is the great I am that we're talking about. This is the God that parts you know, the Red Sea and does incredible miracles and has put promises over our lives. This is the God who had a plan from the beginning to redeem us through Jesus. Whatever we ask in this name, angels are dispatched, heaven moves and hell shakes with fear. And I was actually also this morning just thinking about Daniel and the whole prayers of Daniel where he would pray and immediately God said to him, yes, even though there might have been a delay on it, but God said, I have dispatched. <laughs> the angel came and said, look, I was dispatched the moment you started praying. Heaven released action into being and off I went. And you were faithful. You hung with it. And at least it took about 30 days or whatever. But now the prayers come through. So God doesn't sit there and your prayers bounce off the ceiling. You know, Sometimes we feel that way. But in this name, there is power. And we are called to invoke this power and stand in authority on the name. So let's declare. Lord, I stand. In the authority of your holy name. In your name I declare, over my family, my church, my my community, community. the world, world. peace, Peace. protection, Protection. health, Health. victory, in Jesus' name, name. amen, amen. 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 That's it, in your name, Lord, let us not forget who we are. Ooh. Okay. <laughs> Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Okay, and where am I? That's exactly where we are. <laughs> I'm here and in heaven. Okay. The kingdom and the will on earth. Sometimes we can forget about the authority that is given to us. I, I love this issue of authority, and um, I was listening to one of these Andrew Wormack teachings the other day, and he was talking about faith in different areas. That he has faith over healing, incredible faith, where he believes he can, and he's got absolute faith that he's not worried about any sickness, disease. He's happy to lay hands and. But he said in other areas, he doesn't have that faith yet, and he's struggling. Not struggling, but he is trying to grow in that area of faith, like finances or whatever. Um, and he understood that different people have different faith, and that their faith, but he also talked about how faith grows, and that we should be praying for everyone to have a grow in, growth in their faith, that we have, can stand in this faith and declare and move mountains in all different areas of our lives. But there was this understanding that there's different levels of maturity. But we are ambassadors of Christ. We're representing this heavenly kingdom. And so my prayer is that we can grow in faith in all areas. Not just in our finances. Not in just this issue of of healing and health. But that we can become broad, based, Christ, Christ on earth, full, in the fullness of the promises. And I know God has given different revelation to different people. But that's our desire that we grow in all things. So, our, our prayer should be on earth as it is in heaven. So in heaven there is no sickness, no disease, no sorrow. And that should be where we stand. So, let's declare... Lord, we declare your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Your kingdom is righteousness, joy, peace. We declare this over our family, our church, and this world. Amen. This world needs peace. This world needs joy. my time? Provision. Give us today our daily bread. I had my my gardener and I, who is part of our family. <laughs> He's really as part of the family. He was telling me that his other people that he works for have told him not to come in for work because they're scared of this transmitting of the virus, etc. And he said, look, where is my next meal going to come from? If everyone just tells me to go home and wait it out for the next month, you know. <laughs> and he said, I'd rather catch a virus than starve to death. Those were his words. And I realized that, that this is something that is, is, is going to be an issue in this country because of the fear response of people who do not know the Lord and who, who, who are going to take radical decisions. And yes, there is justifiable distancing, but sometimes we make decisions based on selfishness without considering the impact that it's going to have on everyone else who depends on us and our dependence. And it's a tough place to be, and I'm not going to come in judgment because I myself have been guilty in many areas of making knee-jerk reactions. But we need to come back this issue that God is our provider Steve was sharing this morning about God's cupboard and we there's going to probably be well no we are not going to say that but we want to be prepared you know part of what we do as Christians is plan ahead you know God made a plan with Jesus saving us from the beginning of time and so there's nothing wrong with having a plan (laughs) when they took the promised land there was a plan And so when the enemy comes knocking on the door, we should have a plan. Part of that plan is that we need to provide for those that are battling when they come in. So the call is that we really support God's cupboard in this time. And that if you've got extra dosh and the Lord is laying it on your heart, which we trust he does, so into that area so that as we a church can keep the cupboards full and be able to support those that are, are possibly going to be struggling in the weeks ahead. But we do not stand on that ourselves in the sense that we know that it is God who gives us everything that we have. Our provision comes from Him. And once again in areas of faith, I pray that in this area you can stand and ask God to give you faith for your provision. It's, the world is in turmoil, but God is not going to be rocked or shaken. He will overcome we will overcome because we are his children. So we talked about the ex-church, about how the believers with one heart and mind shared what they had, that no one had lack in it. And I just pray that we can have a heart that is geared towards selfless giving where we have an abundance and others are having a need. So let's just declare. Lord, we declare... That you are Jehovah Jireh, the one who provides for me. (laughs) I put my trust in you and allow your peace to rule in my heart. I receive divine strategy from you to be wise in the way I receive provision and to live generously For the sake of others. Keep me from selfishness. You are a generous God. And nothing is impossible for you. Amen. Okay, and... Now we get on to the topic of forgiveness. It's a good one. (laughs) Forgive us our debts as we have forgiven our debtors, and many people are making silly decisions over this time, and some of this, we talked about selfishness in the section before, but sometimes the world, people are going to make decisions that are not appropriate, or are very self-centered, and we can get quite angry about that, and take offense, God is asking us not to do that it's actually a command forgive as I have forgiven you I mean before Jesus came into our lives we lived for ourselves and um, we cannot now sit on a soapbox and proclaim that we are deeply offended by all that is thrown at us justifiably even if it is is justifiable we still need to forgive forgive We have hurt others sometimes in our past. And, you know, God has forgiven us our sins. So, I was thinking here of Eurythmics, the missionary man. Anyone heard that song? I was born an original sinner. I was born of original sin. If I had a dollar a dime for every sin I've done, there'd be a mountain of money. Do you remember that song? I just sung it really badly. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) But... Yeah. Yes, sin has been committed but it is now washed clear. We are free of that completely. And we need to share that forgiveness with others. So we are going to declare on this issue. Lord. Thank you for the free gift I have received. A gift of total and complete forgiveness. I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. I am complete in Him. I can't add to the cross. I can't take away from the cross. Thank you, Jesus, that I stand eternally righteous in you. Amen. Amen. And now we're going to end. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. So, temptation is going to come. I hate to break this to you. I know you're born and sanctified, and that nothing ever will come and knock on your door, but alas, it's not so. (laughs) You are going to face temptation. Jesus faced temptation in the desert. And He modeled a way for us to overcome and resist temptation by standing on the Word. Um, And so the enemy is going to be going around. He wants to destroy us. And look, even if we fail, like the prodigal son, God is waiting for us with open arms. So yes, there might come a time when you're going to fail. But it doesn't matter. It doesn't change your position. It doesn't change the authority. It doesn't change your relationship with your God. It doesn't change your position of heaven and earth. It doesn't change the will of God. None of these things in the Lord's Prayer changes because you might have slipped up. But that's not how we are asked to live our lives. We are asked to overcome, not to live in compromise, but also not to to when we fail, live in this place of defeat. Time to climb out of it. Don't feel sorry for yourself. Get up, pick up your sword, put on your armor and stand and fight. But the Lord is our deliverer. The Holy Spirit is within us. And we are confident that greater is He who is in us than He who is in the world. So we're going to declare as follows. Lord, You are my deliverer. Even now, I am surrounded by angelic realms. I do not fear for what is happening around me. I trust your protection from harm. And every weapon of evil formed against me will be defeated and broken. In the name of Jesus, amen, amen. And so we have come to the end of the Lord's Prayer, but the beginning of the Lord's Prayer for you. (laughs) So this is an area I'm going to challenge you in the weeks to come because the world is throwing a lot of things and we can get fixated on news reports and sky news and bad news. The Lord's Prayer is designed to take your eyes off your circumstances and put it back where it belongs. So that's how we are called to live. So I'm going to challenge you all in this area to live by faith and to turn in all things to Jesus and to lead others to look in God's direction for salvation, not to the world. So let's end there. To you be the power... Declare after me, to you be the power, Lord, Lord. glory, Glory. and And honor, amen, amen, thank you.